This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. I am rolling through with you uh, with lots of different excitement to to discuss. Right off the top, by the way, I want to continue to mention that next week our college football bus tour starts. Next week. Going to be in Knoxville on the Strip having a pregame party with the OutKick 360 crew. They're going to be doing a live pregame broadcast from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Then we'll go to the game. Then after the game we're going to have a postgame party on the Strip Thursday night. Friday we will travel to Charlotte and we will be in Charlotte for Georgia Clemson. We've got a massive OutKick bus which should be awesome. Uh, September 11th we're going to be in Arkansas for the Texas-Arkansas game and then on September the 18th we are going to be down in Gainesville, Florida for the game between Alabama and Florida. Many more games to come from there but I cannot wait to officially be on the road. And I want to start since I'm talking about college football with the ridiculous decision in my opinion for LSU to mandate vaccines or negative COVID tests for those ages 12 or older. Let me just start here. Regardless of what you think about health anyone who has ever tried to get into a 100,000 seat stadium in the SEC knows that it is pure bedlam in terms of trying to get in the stadium just to get the tickets taken. Whenever there is a major event like the President of the United States is going to be there like was the case a couple of years ago for the game between LSU and Alabama down in Tuscaloosa it's madness even more because you add a new wrinkle to an already strained process of entering the stadium. So regardless of what you think about health-related conditions people are going to be packed at LSU Stadium and you're going to be asking ticket takers who are often strained just to be checking tickets to be checking negative COVID tests and also to be seeing whether or not people have vaccines. I just think it is a recipe for disaster. I don't think very many other SEC schools are going to do this because many states in the SEC already have disallowed vaccine passports. And it's not a coincidence that Louisiana has a Democratic governor and that Kentucky has a Democratic governor and those are the two most restrictive states when it comes so far to behavior in the South. Already the Delta variant appears to have crested in much of the South and the numbers are going to come down and now you're going to see the numbers rise substantially in the Midwest and the Northeast as uh, it gets cooler somewhat in the south into September and October uh, the Delta variant will recede I hope 
and what you're going to see is that virus spread into the Midwest and the Northeast upon which time a lot of people will stop discussing uh, the, uh, the masks and vaccines and everything else. But I think this is a poor decision by LSU. I don't think it's going to encourage anyone and purely from a business perspective they already told season ticket holders that they would not have any restrictions for this year's football season and now they're suddenly deciding to drop this on the season ticket holders a couple of weeks before and many of you I think are likely to see this as being connected to the New Orleans Saints who are making the same decision in New Orleans. I think there's a decent chance that Louisiana is the only place in the South that's going to require it. Maybe the University of Kentucky would. Uh, I think it's possible that a school like Vanderbilt or Duke uh, could interact and take, take this choice but obviously those don't have big stadiums or massive fan bases uh, and it would be interesting because Vanderbilt sells most of its tickets to visiting fans. So for instance and I imagine Duke often does as well how would that play with fans deciding whether or not to go into the stadium based on COVID policies there? Uh, I think it is really interesting to contemplate and again my point on this is why would you have to require a negative COVID test or a COVID vaccine and not allow someone like me who already had COVID to be able to get in the stadium with a antibody test which I already have which proves that I have natural immunity to COVID and it's probably according to many studies stronger than actually vaccinated uh, immunity. So I don't agree with the LSU decision. I don't think that very many other SEC schools are going to follow it as it pertains to getting into and out of the stadium. Another college football story that is out there the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 have entered into an alliance. This alliance appears to have virtually nothing substantive behind it. There's no contracts. Uh, there's no uh, long-term agreement that is bound by any sort of substantive uh, restrictions. And ultimately this is a response to Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 and joining the, uh, and joining the SEC. Interestingly the Big 12 is not a part of the Big 10, ACC, or Pac-12 alliance and ultimately the Big 10, the ACC, and the Pac-12 all would have taken Texas and Oklahoma if Texas and Oklahoma had been trying to join the Big 10, the ACC, and the Pac-12. So what this ultimately seems to be uh, is an anger over the fact that the SEC expanded and took Texas and Oklahoma and that there aren't that many other great expansion candidates available for the Big 10, the ACC, and the Pac-12. Now, I also think there's some element here of wanting to protect the college football playoff and ensure that ESPN doesn't get every game. And I actually think that aspect of the alliance if it holds with the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 is smart because look at the NFL. The NFL is the gold standard on hosting postseason football. And what does the NFL do? They don't allow one league to be controlled by one television network. The NFL playoffs are on Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, ABC. They're on every network. That way everybody promotes the product overall. That is smart and if I were trying to forecast for the college football playoff as it expands 
to 12 teams what I would be in favor of is the idea of getting money out of ESPN out of Fox out of NBC out of CBS all of the major broadcasters give them each a piece maybe even in the future rotate the national championship game around among those four networks in the same way that occurs right now with the Super Bowl. I think if the leagues if all of these different conferences were smart they would model as much of their product off of the NFL as they can because the NFL has proven that they know how to put on a great product on television. Uh, Big news out of the state of Georgia by the way University of Georgia announced that they will have no restrictions they're going to have a full stadium no mask restriction or requirement uh, no requirement for vaccination no requirement for negative COVID tests none of that Georgia is going to be a full go inside of their stadium and interestingly Herschel Walker today news just broke that he officially is going to run for the Senate in the state of Georgia and so Herschel now uh, could hold the future of the U.S. Senate in his palm because Herschel Walker is going to be running against the Reverend Raphael Warnock uh, in next year's Senate race and so between now and 2022 when that election actually takes place we could see a swing in control in the Senate I think we're certainly going to see a swing in control in the House so big news there Herschel Walker Georgia Bulldog legend is running for the United States Senate out of the state of Georgia. Now a lot of fear out there and I think it's legit uh, in the Democratic Party over a poll that came out today. Joe Biden's approval rating according to the USA Today poll that came out today has fallen all the way to 41%. That is the lowest approval rating for a Democratic president that I have seen going all the way back to Jimmy Carter. Joe Biden's approval rating 41% and the numbers actually get worse when you dive into them. Let me explain. Only 32% of independents have a favorable review of Joe Biden's presidency so far. That is alarming. 55% of all people disapprove of Joe Biden's presidential tenure right now. Only 26% approve of his Afghan withdrawal. Only 39% approve of his stewardship of the economy. And COVID which has been his strong suit down to a 50% approval rating as COVID cases surge across the country. Joe Biden 41% approval rating far underwater now according to the USA Today that is ominous going forward and I wonder what impact it's going to have on the $3.5 trillion budget bill which is currently working its way through the House and Senate and whether or not there will be substantial support there for moderate Democrats yes they still exist Joe Manchin Christian Sinema all of the moderate Democrats I believe there are seven Democrats that won in uh, congressional districts that Trump won Uh, the Democrats are going to lose the House Nancy Pelosi is going to lose the House next year the question is will they be able to ram through a revolutionary uh, expansion of the budget before they get walloped in 2022 and much of that I would imagine 
will get overturned or attempted to be overturned uh, by 2024 when there is a new president. Um, by the way, I can't imagine Biden's going to run. Uh, last night, Monday Night Football, Jameis Winston came out, looked absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Marquez Callaway, a couple of great catches there. The Jags did not look great and bad news for them. First round running back out of Clemson that they are pairing with Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne ended up tearing uh, a, a part of his foot is severely injured and it looks like he may miss now the entire season uh, the running back out of Clemson first round draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars it appears uh, that he may not be able to play all of this season. News from the Chicago Bears you poor Chicago Bear fans out there long-suffering uh, long-suffering uh, Chicago Bear fans Andy Dalton will be starting week one over Justin Fields. They did announce that Justin Fields is going to start the NFL preseason week three for the Chicago Bears. That game will be played in Nashville uh, this weekend for week three of the NFL preseason. Uh, So that is a little bit of quarterback drama for you there. Doctors are protesting in South Florida. 75 of them walked out. They said, hey, we are vaccinated. Why should we be covering and caring for unvaccinated patients uh, related to COVID? And I got to tell you this, um, this is an awful argument for doctors to be making because very often doctors are taking care of people who have made poor life choices. That's oftentimes how people end up in the hospital. Whether it's obesity, much of uh, the, the major issues with COVID and other illnesses comes from obesity which is a self-inflicted issue yet doctors continue to treat morbidly obese patients even though they are putting themselves in those situations whether it comes to diabetes or other significant health-related issues. Doctors treat drunk drivers who get in cars having drunk themselves into a stupor and then get into an accident. Doctors still treat drunk drivers. Doctors still treat murderers. If you are a murderer, if you are a shooter of mass uh, mass violence and you are wounded and you come to a hospital you still receive medical care. Doctors aren't people making moral judgments on the rights or wrongs of the patients that they are treating their job is to do their best to treat everyone regardless of how they ended up in the hospital. That is the oath that they are undertaking. The fact that any of them are considering not treating unvaccinated patients is a fundamental failure as it comes to their duty as doctors. This should be a major major issue for anyone regardless of what your position is on vaccinations. The mess in Afghanistan continues to grow. If you listen to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show today we played a clip of a translator who is not able to get out of Afghanistan. Right now Joe Biden has acquiesced at least for the moment reportedly to an August 31st deadline to leave Afghanistan because the Taliban are holding him to that. Our position in general has always been we don't negotiate with terrorists. Now Joe Biden is not just negotiating with terrorists he is allowing terrorists to win the negotiations with him 
This is a fundamental failure. It's one of many reasons why Joe Biden's overall approval rating has fallen to 41% as basically everything he is touching the border, the economy, inflation, murder rates, COVID, Afghanistan has gotten worse since he became president. He's only eight months in and he is hemorrhaging support and I can't imagine that things are going to get better for Joe Biden going forward given that and I I feel bad saying this but if you watch Joe Biden in any press conference or in any uh, availability when he is reading off of a teleprompter does he seem like he's well to you? Does he seem like he's engaged and involved and in any way in control of what is going on around him? To me the answer is no and that's unfortunate but Joe Biden to me feels like and a lot of you have probably been in this situation it feels like Thanksgiving when somebody elderly at your table has lost their full faculties and is not able to be the person that they used to be. That's how I feel when I watch Joe Biden now at 78 years old as the President of the United States. He's only eight months in. Things are not going to get better for him if you consider all of the stress and all of the pressure that the President is under. Look at how much George W. Bush aged. Look at how much Obama aged. Look at how much Bill Clinton aged. The stress of being President takes a lot out of whoever holds that office and these are much younger men to put the oldest elected official ever into office at 78. Eight months in, I think he is already bearing a great deal of stress and I can't imagine that things are going to get better for him. Uh, Finally, Max Kellerman out at first take. Uh, Stephen A. Smith forcing him out. By the way, Stephen A. Smith guest hosted the Jimmy Kimmel show last night. Uh, Max Kellerman now out at first take. They are moving Max to the morning show uh, morning radio show. Uh, That's the go head-to-head where I used to be. Um, We were dominating them. Uh, Fox Sports Radio Outkick was and I think those guys are still doing pretty well. Brady Quinn and Jonas Knox in our stead taking over for the past several months. But ESPN obviously desperate. The morning show has not worked for them for a long time. So they are trying to spice it up and give it a little bit of uh, enlivenment if they can by bringing Max Kellerman off of first take and putting him on the radio. Props to Bobby Barak at OutKick who broke that story and helped to uh, drive that, uh, that story of what's going on exactly with ESPN Radio. All right. I love all of you. I can't wait to meet a lot of you on the road starting next week. Encourage you if you're going to be in Knoxville or if you're going to be in Charlotte or if you're going to be in Fayetteville or if you're going to be in Gainesville, Florida that is where we are headed over the next three weekends. College football is getting closer. Lots of good news coming. I appreciate all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I will talk to you guys tomorrow.